No, if we are talking about any part of that, it is Charlie Day and nothing else. That's right. We're a Riverdale recap podcast here to talk about Chapter 93, Dance of Death by Devin Turner, directed by Nathalie Bolt. This is the fourth episode in a row directed by someone who plays a mom on this show. So we're doing the mom squad. Three moms directing four consecutive episodes. When do we get the hat? Hot dad squad. Yes, the hot directors of Riverdale. <laughs> we got the hot moms. Where's the hot dads? Mark Consuelos is the only dad. Also, Fangs. <laughs> there are two dads. Fangs! There we go. Fangs is a papa. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> I would like to say that Sheriff Keller apparently still exists. Do we see him? No. no. But he's apparently around, I guess. <laughs> Be- before we start this episode, though, we, mm-hmm. we do have to note... The structure of a Riverdale season. Yes. This is a point we make around this point in a season every year, which is that the big explosive action-packed climax is the second to last. And the final episode is a more emotional denouement. Yes. Setting up cliffhangers for the following year. That is not the case. Oh. This episode, the the third to last episode, is the big double-fisted banger. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I I don't know what to expect in two weeks. My my thought Mm -hmm. is that we might get some more, a little bit more explosion-type stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the last episode because we are going a shorter amount of time between seasons. That is true. That is true. We might get more of a traditional cliffhanger type thing the between season break is is scheduled to be much shorter than the mid-season break we had yes <laughs> never mind the uh four to five gap because boy oh boy global pandemics they screw up your production schedule for years to come yeah especially when they themselves last years that's really the issue here <laughs> is um it's not over no no matter what you know they want to tell us it's really not. But, you know, we're just keeping on, keeping on, like you do. So this episode starts in Pop's Chocolate Shop yes. with uh, uh, Betty and Tabitha talking about ten nights of them going out uh, hitchhiking together, trying to get kidnapped. And and the truckers aren't stopping for them. And Betty's very like, you know, if I was like out there by myself, they probably would be. And Tabitha's like, you know what this means? It means ten nights of no murders. And that seems pretty good to me. While Betty says, that's bad, Ted, I love murders. I want more murders to happen. Betty thinks it's bad because it means the serial killers want to kill more. Yeah. They're, they're missing it. They're getting, they're getting antsy. Serial killer blue balls, they call it. <laughs> you know, there's a song from a musical that they previously did that would fit this very well. <laughs> Like Winnie the Pooh, baby, baby. <laughs> it's fun. I like the song. I'll sing along to it in the car. So, <laughs> so um, they are they are interrupted though because Doctor Curdle Junior calls. And Doctor Curdle Junior loves two things. He loves extortion and whipped cream. Uh, so he's letting them know that um, you know, he he's getting pretty nervous about keeping 
um, the tongueless friend of Betty um, on ice. Uh, and he's like, hey, do I have permission to incinerate the body in my crematorium? And she's like, no. And he's like, well, it's getting he, kind of expensive. He's got the kind of nervous that can be cured with uh, with an envelope full of small bills. Yes. Yeah. He's like, oh, yes, that would ease my worries. As he drinks from his cup of, I'm assuming, hot cocoa and whipped cream. <laughs> He enjoys a hot chocolate. He's got a favorite band. He's a normal man. I love Dr. Curdle. If he- Here's the thing. He didn't sound that creepy when he was at, like, the White Worm. I feel like he puts it on more when he's, like, in the more. He's like, this is my work voice. Oh, it's like that's how I have my is. teacher voice. Yeah. He has his work voice. It, it's a, a particular instance of code switching, you could say. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So, so on the other side of town, there is a staff meeting for the mining concern. Yes. Uh, uh, owner Cheryl and work crew chief Archie are, are talking business. He's, he's very concerned about the 12-hour shifts that they're doing and how, you know, they could be focusing on things topside. And she's like, oh, yes, saving the town. Whatever that means. She has no idea what that means. No one else does either. Uh, so she, you know, also bribes him with money. Like, I will pay you a lot. In fact, I'm going to pay you some right now for this this nugget. Yeah. This, so... This week's product placement is Chime. Chime. Is that a real thing? I didn't know that was a real thing. Chime is a mobile banking app that, that yes, yes. It's real? It's okay. Real. Uh, but yeah, so she, she bribes him and he's like, yeah, okay, we'll go work does 12 she, hours again. Does she bribe him or does she just pay him? Because from the tone of this conversation, it makes me wonder if they're volunteer mine workers. I feel like it was a bribe because she only paid him for that nugget that yeah. he handed her and not like their time. Like they work on nugget commission with no base salary. Yes. And that seems illegal. It's, you know, Archie only needs to get concerned if he needs to, well, nope, we're already there. I was going to say if he has to, like, bring in so many people below him, but he did. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a pyramid scheme. (laughs) So, uh, Veronica and Chad are in divorce negotiations, Mm -hmm. and Chad's like, well, I want this, and I want this, and I want alimony, and I want the house. And she's like, fine, fuck it. I don't care. Take it all. I have Archie. She, the only thing she wants is is Chad's goddamn signature. So she'll give up every bit of real estate, everything. She even takes off her ring, throws it at him, shouting, "Take this ring and rot in hell." She just wants to be fucking divorced. I, I spoiler, I love this episode, but uh, two weeks in a row, Veronica's the best part of it. Yeah, when Veronica's is, like whoever's writing Veronica right now. Mm. Have we said that since season two? <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever, like, felt it like I feel it right now. I'm not sure I've ever liked Veronica as much as I did in this episode. Mm-hmm. Because she fucking wasn't taking people's shit and she was done. And the episode as a whole, through Veronica, but also through everything, hates Chad so Oh my much. god, it's so good. So meanwhile, over at the cult... Uh, Penelope and Kevin are lighting candles, mm-hmm. and Penelope's like, oh, poor impressionable Kevin. Poor, dim, impressionable yes. Kevin. She also calls him stupid to his face. And she goes off about how, you know, Cheryl has twisted this into something cult-like. <laughs> 
I've been fucking saying it! <laughs> yeah, you were saying it before Cheryl even got involved, when it was just uh, uh, this crazed murderess making people pray to her dead son. Yes, thank you. I've been acknowledged, though. <laughs> um, and she's like, you know, it's, it's just, it's a shame. And Kevin's like, well, if this religion is, is a cult, you're in it, too. Because you started it. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, that does leave Kevin kind of contemplating his existence right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Penelope can still, you know, uh, uh, turn a twist of phrase in the old Blossom style, talking about how Cheryl uh, made the bees dance to her infernal tune. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, Tabitha gets a call from Mrs. Field. Hey, do you remember that girl named Squeaky who was friends with Tabitha who used to work at Pops who was leaving town? In and the very first or maybe second uh, uh, episode after the time skip? Yeah, well... They haven't heard from her in a while. Neither Tabitha nor her family. Yeah. So yeah. Mrs. Fields, mother of Squeaky, is checking in. Tabitha's worried. <laughs> so meanwhile, someone else who we totally mentioned last week that we haven't seen in a while, mm-hmm. uh, Britta, good little Britta shows up. Britta the football player. Britta comes to, well, is forced to go see Tony mm-hmm. because she got in a fight for beating someone's face in yes. because they were being homophobic to her. Yes. This this boy used homophobic words. And and so Tony, the, the nice understanding uh, guidance counselor, is like, well, fighting's bad. Don't do fighting. But I will certainly be having a talk with him and his parents. And then Britt is like, he might be, okay, not right, but I think I might be gay, though. But, like, he's on to something. <laughs> yeah. And like, but no one knows. My family does not know. And so it turns into this thing where like, you know, Tony is comforting Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and encouraging. And Britta is like, hey, if I want to tell my parents, will you be there? Mm -hmm. And Tony's like, yes, because she's a good teacher. Imagine you have a a child, an 11th grade child. Mm -hmm. They come home with their guidance counselor. What are you expecting to hear? Murder. <laughs> well, okay. Imagine you don't live in Riverdale. <laughs> I, right? I, Anything could happen. Okay, I Any, feel I feel like I go some could, route of like inappropriate relationship between guidance counselor and child. Maybe they got expelled. Maybe they got early admit to Yale. It could be anything. Well, I think I think it's especially the like guidance counselor going to the home. With the student and not the parents coming to the school that really makes it like, what the fuck? It's uncharted waters. Nobody knows. No one knows. Oof. But good for you, Britta. Good for you, Britta. Chad and Hiram have a little visit. Yeah. And he's like, (laughs) Hiram's like, oh, my daughter's being a thorn in your side like always, isn't she and he chad's like you know i just keep hoping that we'll maybe be able to work it out and hiram's like chad you won't you're not a bright boy are you you're kind of a fucking moron you fucking won't (laughs) you're you're done and so then he's like you know you know what would really win over uh veronica she wants to divorce you to smooch this boy kill the boy kill kill the boy have this gun kill boy (laughs) hiram says you're only shot at saving your marriage is getting rid of him <laughs> while putting a gun on the table. <laughs> wink, wink. Shot. Do you get it? 
Anytime someone in Hiram Lodge's life is feeling down, he sees it as an opportunity to twist them into becoming an Archie murder assassin. (laughs) For seven years, Archie was like dodging ninjas and snipers. Every time Hiram had to like hire somebody, this was their test. Okay, so here's the problem with Hiram's approach. It's always, let's shoot Archie. Let's have someone beat up Archie. Let's try to burn his house down. It's never, let's poison Archie. Oh, he's he's invulnerable to poison. He has the liver of, of a giant. I'm just saying, might be a route to explore. What, you're going to give Archie mercury poisoning and he gets dumber? Would anyone notice? What would that even mean? A lot of fentanyl? Like, I don't know. <laughs> There's plenty of options out there. <laughs> you know what? Just keep trying them. Just, he drinks a lot of milkshakes. Just a little in there each time. See what works. Something's going to, mm-hmm. you know... So, yeah, so Chad's like, oh, this is a good idea. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, over at the school, um, apparently Cheryl's teaching a class. Uh, she's just checking up on or her investments. Che- checking up. Um, so so she's she's heading back to Thornhill. He's like, hey, Kevin, you want to ride? And he's like, hey, so, like, when we pray, who are we praying to? Thank you, Kevin. Also, why did it take this long to ask that question? But thank you for asking the question. Is it Jason? And um, Cheryl explains that Jason is a conduit mm-hmm. to a higher power. That she cannot identify. She honestly does not know. She's going to take some time to think about it, though. She's going to think real hard about the actual religious faith of the, the, <laughs> the religion she is the head of. So here's the thing. When you create a cult or religion, Mm -hmm. you know, you probably should know who you're praying to first. That's kind of, I feel like, the foundation of different religions. You gotta have your your central belief pretty well set, and you can add so much on the outside. Over time, you can refine and even redefine that, that central claim. But you gotta, you gotta have it, though. You gotta, you gotta know that bit. Maybe you could ask your mom. She started this. Because, like, that's what you're winning people over with. Mm-hmm. That's what people are like, oh, yeah, I believe that. Why no one has asked this until now? <laughs> I've asked it. I asked it a lot. Other than us. There was a long time in last week's episode where I was just asking it. So, uh, over at Pops, uh, Tabitha is having a little meeting with uh, Jughead and Betty. Mm-hmm. Um, she would like to hire Jughead as a private investigator. Yes. So essentially. What, what, what she says is, the Lonely Highway killers are a mystery. And everyone tells me there wasn't a mystery you two couldn't solve in high school. <laughs> so from now on, Jughead, you're off your shifts here. I'm still going to pay you, but you're on the mystery. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. go be mystery twins. What? And twins, you're twins, so like, don't smooch, because like, I want to smooch him. What kind of chit-chat is she picking up while topping off people's coffees in Pop's Chocolate Shop? They're just talking about the Black Hood still? It's been eight, well, nine years? Tabitha was apparently, like, oblivious to the fact that Josie was in Pops all the fucking time in high school, <laughs> but she knows about the mystery twins. Yes. Like, what the fuck are these stories being told? Like... Who is deciding the topics? But of course, they take the case uh, uh, and they're they're on the job. Uh, that brings us to the back of the El Royale, I think. Uh, yes, the alley. So um, some alley that Ar- Archie is in. Yeah, Archie's out in the alley for some reason, and then fucking Chad appears, trying to be all tough with his hood up, 
and a gun. <laughs> and Archie immediately recognizes like, him. Like, Chad, is that you? While he's still like around the corner, he just exudes an aura of Chad. <laughs> and Chad tries to fucking shoot him and completely misses. <laughs> and then Archie picks up a trash can lid and frisbees it at his fucking face. Catches him right in the nose. For the rest of this episode, Chad has a giant bandage across uh, the bridge of his nose. Chad just drops like a rock, drops the gun, leaves the gun, and mm-hmm. runs away as Archie's like, Chad? <laughs> I thought we could have a beer, dude. Come on, man. It's time we get over our differences. You're not the first person to try to kill me. Hey, Chad, the the fight's on. You want to come inside? (laughs) Chad can't fucking kill someone. He He got spooked and ran. I think Chad pooped himself a little bit. (laughs) He totally pooped himself. Chad pooped himself a little bit. He was shaking like a fucking leaf. Like, in, in the moment, he didn't even realize, but as soon as he, like, sits down in his car, <laughs> hell no. Hell no. Put that fucking trash can lid to the face. And that's when the opening title card comes. It's so fucking good. I love how much this episode fucking hates Chad. <laughs> how much they recognize that he's just a fucking little dweeby asshole. As we get back to the action, the the first shot is this gigantic stack of case files that Jughead is reading to to catch up on on the lonely highway disappearances. It's like a foot and a half at least. What I love is he turns to Betty and he's like, hey, so from what I understand, you captured a guy who more or less confessed. Yes. Then he swallowed his tongue because he thought you were going to dismember him. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like... I don't know what he expected from this confirmation. <laughs> he was just like, Betty, you do realize how, like, ev- that all went wrong, right? That all went so wrong. I made a note of it later, but this episode, according to this episode, you could cut almost all of the middle portion of this season. Yeah, because they recap it all. All the important stuff happened in the first, like, three or four time skip episodes. Yeah. And then we just had fun for then a while, I guess. And now the, we're back to things that matter, and they aren't from the middle almost yeah. entirely. Well, one thing I want to point out, since we're on a Jughead scene, is um, how much better he looks. Yeah. So, like, he looked pretty rough. He did. He was nearly beaten to death in Sketch Alley. Well, I mean, like, like, I didn't realize it at the time so much, but, like, looking back, I'm like, dang, like, they really, like, roughed up. <laughs> Jughead to show like what a bad place he's in and now you're seeing him now mm-hmm. and it seems like it's just so different more like the Jughead we know from before the time skip we have to assume he's 10 days sober again doing a little better eating some meals mm-hmm. getting some sun <laughs> some sleep not much sun he has a lot of night scenes yeah yeah but I, th- I thought it was an interesting thing that I noticed yeah yeah um so anyways they're talking they're talking about the cases and everything, mm-hmm. and he's like, okay, so the only person who we know has escaped from the Lonely Highway is his student. Do you remember that student, Lerman? Logan Lerman. Lerman Logan. Yes. I forget which is the real person, which is the character. Logan Lerman's the real one. Lerman Logan's the character. Okay. Um, And like, okay, so like, he escaped. He might be the only person alive that like, did and knows and if you remember, because, you know, we got to remember these things, his family, like, hid him away and Weatherby wouldn't let him talk to him because he was a teacher, but he's no longer a student and I'm fired. 
<laughs> so like, we can totally talk now. Actually, you're on administrative leave. Jughead, you never listen. You never fucking listen. <laughs> two, two thoughts from this Lerman scene. Uh, uh, first, yeah, the teens matter again. They set up a bunch of like student characters, at least a few. Yeah. And they suddenly matter again. They do. They, they both get FaceTime in this episode. They do. And number two, happy ninth birthday to the perks of being a wallflower. Yeah. That was that was released nine years ago this week. Oh. Yeah. I really, really like that movie and that book. <laughs> It's really good. It's really good. So they're interrupted by Dr. Hurdle Jr. calling. And Betty's immediately like, hey, hey, I have the money. I got your money I got and your small bills. bills. Like, don't cremate it. And he's like, no, Betty, there's another victim. And this body has been mutilated beyond recognition. But it could be your sister. I mean, you can't really uh, rule it out if it's beyond recognition. Uh, so he wants Betty to come in for a DNA test. And Betty points out. Like, well, it could be Polly, but it could also be Squeaky. Yes, Lynette Squeaky Fields. Squeaky, squeaky. Squeaky, squeaky. Squeaky, squeaky. Hi, puppy. She she recognizes squeaky, squeaky. Squeaky, squeaky. Veronica and Chad are back in their divorce meeting, mm-hmm. and she's, like, tearing into him. Quote, that his your pathetic attempt to kill my lover has made me rethink what I want out of this divorce. And- <laughs> And she wants it fucking all. And she's like, here's the deal. If you don't fucking give it to me, I'll press murder charges if you don't. And he's like, how are you going to prove that? You dropped the gun, you idiot. <laughs> you dropped the gun, idiot. What, how do you think? 45 minutes of shitting on Chad. And I'm here for it. Yes. Like, Archie literally picked it up. He had it. <laughs> And quite frankly, he's the sheriff in town. So, like, you're fucking screwed. Now, what Chad doesn't know is this is sort of a bluff because Archie's such a good pal. He ran that gun through the dishwasher <laughs> just to be a nice and guy. And, like, polished it Did all it? up so it's nice and shiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, meanwhile, over uh, at the cult, mm-hmm. uh, they, they are sitting down to a, a, a breakfast um, of a lot of fucking pastries for four people. <laughs> right? Like, there is, like, a tray of, like, a dozen croissants and, like, a tray of sandwiches and some other shit. And, like, Penelope is just fucking enjoying that. She's yes. just digging in. And what we find out is Cheryl is fasting. Yes, she's fasting for enlightenment. This is her plan to discover the higher power that she's dedicated herself to. It, it's true identity. Yes. Is through some sort of holy cleanse. Um, and it's it's implied that she she's gone a little to the extreme because she almost tumbles over when she stands up mm-hmm. to storm out. Mm-hmm. Since Kevin is at dinner here and he's not with anyone else, did Kevin move in? When Kevin became musical director, did he move in? I kind of feel like he's been living there. Yeah. His dad doesn't know. Like, where the fuck is his dad? <laughs> it's a big county. He's only one man. So uh, Chad goes to see Hiram and he's like, hey... So, like, I had him, but the gun misfired. No, it didn't, you fucking <laughs> You just twit. missed. You just missed because you're bad at gun. And Hiram has not having any of this shit. And he's like, get out of my sight, Chad. You disgust me. <laughs> Again, something we've been saying for, since the time skip. It's so good. If you don't watch Riverdale actual episodes for anything... Go through this episode this to watch Chad just get torn apart. Yes, yes. It's so good. That- Someone needs to make like a compilation video on YouTube. 
just so I can, like, rewatch that. Everyone calling Chad mean names. So Veronica shows up at Archie's and is like, hey, I'm a free woman. And that means it's time for sexy time. So yeah, she she flashes the signed divorce papers and they immediately have sex because that was the deal and they are sticking to the terms. Time to get it on. <laughs> we're no longer having an affair. I mean, they never were. Okay, I guess they were a little bit. A little bit. A but, little bit. They like... But as soon as Archie knew he was having an affair, he's like, I'm not... I'm yeah. Well, no, thank you. So... Probably my favorite thing about Archie this season, actually. Is the one... The one standard he has is no affairs. <laughs> no married women. No. I will start a vigilante crew. Yes. I will start a gang. Yes. I will sleep with my teacher. Mm-hmm. I will... But she was single. Thank you very much. I will box and and an under illegal boxing thing that was he was forced he was forced but he'll do all these things but no no not till that divorce is finalized (laughs) i have standards uh betty's at home uh and uh runs into alice and alice uh has found out from tom who does still exist yes uh that another body was found and and betty fills her in that like yeah but we don't know if it's polly it's dismembered I did a DNA test. We're just, we're waiting. We have leads. We're working on this mom. Yeah. Oh, and here's the thing. Like, Alice was like, I'm going to run down to the station. When she said that, I totally thought she was running to, like, Sheriff Keller. Yeah. (laughs) Later, it seemed like she went to the news station that she worked at. Yeah. So I'm I'm very confused about which station we were actually intending to go to. It's ambiguous. Yeah. It's ambiguous. Maybe both. They're they're in the same building to save money because the town <laughs> has no money. Yeah. It's very much like the El Royale slash firehouse slash dog shelter. When Hiram was mayor, he cut public spending so much they had to sell the sheriff's station. Oh, and so they moved into the news so station. So he moved into the news station because it said station on the side. And that's that's the closest thing they had. Which is also a subway <laughs> restaurant. No, no, it, it is a... A it, subway station? It is a rail line station. They are connected That's to... That's how everyone the, gets to New York so easily. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Back at uh, Thornhill, Cheryl turns to Kevin and is like, look what came out of me! I know what you're thinking. It's a painting. Calm down. <laughs> she, she painted something. Ugh. So uh, she explains that her painting is what they're praying to. And what? A representation of what they're praying to. It is a depiction. Her her like artist statement about it is it is a depiction of the four elements. Uh, apparently, we pray to Jason to guide our prayers to Mother Gaia. It's it's a very animist sort of uh, nature worship. Yes. Oh, what was what did she say about the maple tree? Like maybe the maple tree has nourished us, mm-hmm. but our roots go farther than that. Mm-hmm. Mother Nature is where it's at. And Kevin's like, you know, really happy you found your clarity, but I, I'm out. <laughs> um, this is a little fringy for me. Mm-hmm. So, like, we cool? We should talk about what this painting is, though. Because okay. it's a it's an ocean scene, sort uh-huh. of. There's a, a big tentacled monster below the waves. Yes. There's a, a fairy... So, some sort of air spirit flying above the surface. There, there's a phoenix. There's a phoenix. There's a boat. 
It very much like reminds me of um, basically the the murals get that put on buildings with like orcas and dolphins and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And how they're like very brightly colored. It's like a cross between that and Lisa Frank. Yes, because it's a little bit more vibrant. It's quite vibrant. Um, whimsical, puzzly puzzle art. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's this puzzle is, art. This is a jigsaw puzzle for sure. Yes. Yeah. I'd buy that jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> So did Cheryl rediscover the ancient blossomism? Is this the the faith of her ancestors that that came to her in a vision after she denied herself croissants for 18 hours? Yes. I vote yes. Okay. It is decided. Remember, she's connecting with her blossom superpowers. Yes. The power of the twins. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What she doesn't know is that uh, it's really the blossom quint power. Wow. Because it's the... (laughs) They got some roomy uteruses in that family. Because it's the four elements. Ah. So it's the quince. They they will never be fully, like, powerful until they're all reunited, which Mm -hmm. is how she's going to steal the fucking twins. It's like the craft. You need the four corners. You need to call out to the four elements. Yes. Yes. You need a fourth in your coven. We all watch the craft. We all know. Yeah. Ski Dollar just in Yes, he is. (laughs) Upset you watched it without me. <laughs> you better not fucking watch Scream without me. Thank you. <laughs> Young Skeet Ulrich is a beautiful thing. He's kind of a bad guy in both of those movies. I don't he's care. A, he's not a nice boy. Don't care. It's the same thing with the Riverdale. Wasn't a nice guy, became nice guy. It's oh, fine. Okay. It's fine. So if there was a The Craft 2, oh. he, he would have been the hero. No. Well, of course not. He died. No. <laughs> Also, there is a screen too. He's not the hero in that either. Well, no. He died. He died. So, uh, Penelope, what I, what we have to mention is that she's lurking around she's the just, fucking corner, just like, my evil plan. She's behind the corner like a kid, like, skirting bedtime, not aware that, that her parents absolutely know. Yeah. 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 Over at Pops... Betty and Jughead are waiting for Lerman, mm-hmm. and Betty's like, well, what if he doesn't show up? And Jughead's like, no, he will. I promised him my first edition of War of the Worlds, which is actually a fifth edition, but like, he doesn't even know that. Hey, Jughead, you know that book came out in 1897, right? <laughs> right. Does Lerman know that? Because he seemed like a smart boy. <laughs> I, I bet Jughead didn't like show him a picture of it. <laughs> He was just like, hey, this is what I'll give you. And the kid's like <laughs> trusting his old teacher. That's true. To that's tell the true. truth and be honest with him. He's a nice boy who who is a little too trusting. Their their waiting period is interrupted by the TV in Pops with Alice speaking, um, making a plea for the killings to stop. Yes, she she's using her position as news anchor to just make a direct make a direct statement to the world. Hopefully it falls on the ears of whoever this uh, killer or killers may be. Yes. Making the point that, that how awful has the world become? What, what has happened to her that she hopes the dismembered, disfigured body in a cooler is her daughter? That that is the, the best case for her. And then they're interrupted by Lerman showing up. Yes. Apparently his bus was late. So that tells us. Their, their plans to, to save Riverdale have worked to the point that buses will stop, just not on time. Yes. So, meanwhile, uh, back at Tony and Fangs's, 
Um, now, I don't want to say that this scene seems kind of like wedged in and almost oh, pandery. Oh, oh, But oh. this did air during uh, Bisexual Visibility uh-huh, Week. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and we are recording, recording this on Bisexual like Visibility Day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there, it's very nice, but it is like, I was like, as soon as this scene was over, I was like, so you think they did that specifically because it's this week? Yeah, you, th- you think they counted out because you know Fangs is in the e- in every episode. Yes, Tony is in most episodes. You know, again, maternity leave notwithstanding. Yes, they could have this conversation any week, but it happened this week. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, so so what it is 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 Tony talks about how she's worried about her student, fills him in on how like uh you know she went with Britta. For Britta to tell her family, and her family didn't take it well, and they were like, are you sure? Do you have to be? They described it as the X-Men 2 coming out scene? (laughs) But for someone who's actually gay, not just an allegory. Yes. Then they share their own stories. Tony talking about how it was very hard for her to come out to her her grandma. Mm -hmm. And Fangs, I find out Fangs has a dad. Most people do. (laughs) Yeah, well, okay, let's remember that, like, Sweet Pea and Fangs had that really close relationship yeah, with yeah, yeah. Tony's family. I kind of always thought they were orphans. Yeah. <laughs> and had no relationship with their families. Which, after what Fangs says here, probably. That's probably it. Well, um, I mean, Fangs' dad, I think the quote is, oh, so, so you're bi. That means you can choose. Go choose a girl. Exactly. Which, I think this is the only time that they've ever specified that Fangs is bi. Mm-hmm. Because that is the curse of, like, Riverdale secondary and tertiary characters. You don't get to see him do much of anything. (laughs) Yes, this is very true. The part that really stuck out to me is the ending where they talk about baby Tony. Yes. The child they're raising together, and they both commit, like, however Tony turns out, whatever sort of person he is, we're going to love him unconditionally. Like, yeah, that's not a question. You you are the non-traditional bi-co-parents, like... Yeah, you seem pretty open. No one was asking that question of you. Yeah, that that's that's the part of it that really cuz like I wasn't worried about y'all. Right? If anyone's going to do it right, it's you. The only question is where's co-parent number 3? Kevin, get your shit together. He's he's waking up that this church is not his church. Go support your fucking family. <laughs> I do love having like these these Tony and Fang moments that we have gotten mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. several episodes. I do love seeing just them and the fact that Kevin does not have to be there for it. Yeah, and yeah. that they, you know, it's nice to see characters have their own interactions and relationships that aren't based on main characters or I, other characters. My favorite part of the scene is just Fangs giving Tony a little foot rub. Yeah. It implies a lot about them caring for one another physically and intimately, not not romantically, not that sort of intimacy, but yeah. uh, uh, it's a very close relationship that is a family. And like, he got in the habit of rubbing her feet when she was pregnant, you know? Yeah. That's the story it tells me. And like, yeah. they're still doing it after the delivery. Yeah. Or like how they, you know, chill out after work each day, and yeah, and same thing with like there's there was a really great episode or scene later between them too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's just those things that are. But then you just see the the NBC. The more you know, uh, the more you know. Be nice to your child and accept them for who they are. Just just outside the window in the background, it, it goes by. Sponsored by CBS Cares. <laughs> But hey, good for them for, you know, supporting their child. <laughs> good, 
for them for pledging to in the future support their child. Like they were going to do all along. It's not hard to support a newborn. You just, mostly the neck is what you gotta support. <laughs> just, that's all you gotta worry about right now. I promise you guys, if you could support the neck, you can support them and everything else. Tony is too young to talk back. You know, the issue might come when they're obsessed with something like Frozen and you can no longer support their interests. Yeah. Because they just never stop singing. <laughs> Sometimes that's also true of husbands. Um, so, so meanwhile, uh, over at, um, the mine, in it the, collapses. In the mine. In the mine. It doesn't just collapse. It explodes. It explodes after, uh, Hiram is shown, like, staring at his little ticking clock. Tick, tick, boom. And yeah, there's a whole lot of shaking going on as the whole place collapses. Everyone rushes out. It plays out exactly the way you'd expect, right? Uh, Archie and Uncle Frank are taking charge to move everybody out. Archie makes sure there's no man left behind, so he's the one left behind. The only ones trapped are him in a healthy state and uh, Eric in an unhealthy state. Yes. Very familiar territory for the two of them. You know, theory here as to why they did not do Tick, Tick, Boom for their musical. Yeah. There's going to be a movie. They couldn't afford the rights. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Because I remember I always said, I was like, oh, that's what they're going to do. Maybe in a few seasons when it cools off and the characters start turning 30. Yeah. That's the perfect time to do it. Yeah. 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 That's what people want, right? They want Archie to turn 30. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, so meanwhile, uh, Cheryl is busy writing with a quill in her scroll, and uh, she gets a phone call that interrupts her, and she's like, what is it? I'm working on my 12 commandments. (laughs) And it's Kevin calling her that the mine exploded. And so she calls Veronica. What an interesting phone tree they have worked out. I understand, okay, Cheryl, call number one. She owns the mine. It's her responsibility. Yeah. Cheryl and Veronica are close like that? I assume Kevin tells her that Archie is trapped. Mm -hmm, And so, mm -hmm. yes, she thinks I should let Veronica know. I would honestly expect Kevin to call Veronica before Cheryl calling Veronica. But in any case, Veronica is is informed. Yes. Uh, Meanwhile, Jughead and Betty are not informed because they are busy (laughs) with Lerman. Yes. Uh, And they they are getting what he remembers, which is very fuzzy. He he shares how he thinks he was sleepwalking on the lonely highway and he woke up in a metal shed that looked like the inside of a spaceship. Just like Polly said on her phone call when she momentarily escaped. And he heard voices outside. But then... Um, this is essentially a restatement of the story from the previous episode yeah. with Lerman in it. Yes. The Mothman came to help him escape. They're like, the Mothman. He's like, well, that's what he called himself. And (laughs) it said that I was a mistake, that I shouldn't have been taken. And so it took me to the Lonely Highway and said that if I spoke, more Mothmen would come and get me. And they're like, well, do you know where it is? And he's like, no, but it was close to the Lonely Highway. And they're like, how do you know that? I heard trucks. We're all caught up. Yep, yep. Uh, He he also mentions that the Mothman uh, talked about this mistake in uh, the metaphor of catch and release fishing, like they had to yeah. throw him back because he wasn't ready he yet. He wasn't ripe yet. Yeah. He needed to bake a little more. <laughs> Get a little plumper. You need to bake a little more and turn into a blonde girl like all the other victims. It's going to be a long wait, man. Yes. <laughs> uh, so over at the mine, they're, you know, catching Veronica up on like, yeah, 
It was definitely explosion. It was definitely like one of those types of things where, you know, someone triggered it deliberately. This, and Frank, is, this is Uncle Frank. Yeah. And uh. he's like, who would do that? And Veronica's like, I fucking know. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Frank's new in town. He's new. He's, he wasn't around for most of the, the show so far. And Veronica then volunteers to pay for all the equipment yes. they need. Like, they, they mentioned heavy machinery, you know, work crews, obviously. Okay. Uh, Here, here's my Cheryl's thing. not paying for this. It's her fucking mind. It's her responsibility. Well, and here's the thing. Call rescue crews. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you don't have to worry about the bills for some of that shit. Like, especially it, right now. And is, also insurance. There should be insurance on this mine, Cheryl. Isn't this the National Guard or something? Like, who, who does this? It's not volunteers. I know that. It's yeah. not some well, guys in a truck. Well, and that's the thing. Throughout all of their rescue, the only people there are the crew. Kevin and all of them that were in the mine with him. They don't get any extra cops. Sheriff Keller doesn't show up. There's like the no one else. The heavy equipment that is mentioned never appears. Nothing. No. And I get it. We're moving fast. But what the fuck? Something the, should be there. They're so short-handed. There's a later pivotal scene where everybody's taking a break because they're all exhausted and there's no other guys left. They didn't even call people from, like, the town to come help. <laughs> so uh, inside the mine, uh, Archie finds Eric. He is He's buried under some rubble, but he is alive. Oh, well, there goes the other leg. <laughs> uh, so uh, meanwhile, uh, Betty... And uh, Jughead go to see Dr. Curdle Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find out that Betty, or that it was not a match. It was not Polly. But that that was Squeaky. Yes. The, the mutilated remains was Squeaky. But he's like, but you know, the DNA did come back as a match to the tongueless man. Ah, Secret Twins. Her third long lost brother. Oh, no, no. Very distant cousins. Very distant cousins. So they start running through all of their family and and betty's like there's no coopers left like your mom had a family though the blossoms yeah but it's not it's not alice's extended family it is yet again the blossom branch of of the coopers and uh this is when dr curdle jr also informs them that while he was at his lab the morgue was broken into and the the tongueless man and the severed limbs were stolen Mm -hmm. and they're like just like when the mothman was stolen Oh, so we have a hunch that their tongueless, their, their stolen tongueless man is connected to the Blossoms. Mm-hmm. This whole thing is tied up with Mothman mythology, uh-huh. which was also tied up with the Blossoms. Remember that Nana Blossom provided the mummified moth body. Mm-hmm. So everything's pointing to Thornhill. We, we know our, our next lead. So we got to go there and talk to them. Mm-hmm. And Tabitha's like, you guys all do that. I'm going to know if I squeak his family. But when this goes down, I won't be a part of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't fucking kill anyone without me. <laughs> Asserting her right to, to be part of the main cast. Demanding it, in yes. fact. So meanwhile, Hiram is uh, listening to or watching a news report on the mine collapse and is toasting a shot to the TV. To the radio. A radio. He's listening to the yes. radio. Like this big victorious moment in a dark room all alone. I, I love... There is our subtle touches in this episode for Hiram, too, that I adore. I'm really big on Hiram this season, honestly, especially the last stretch. Because of the way they treat him, like, he feels like he's in his element, but if you take a step back as an observer, as a viewer, he's just so sad and lonely. 
He's so low. There's no one for him to clink glasses with. He's just a man with the lights off listening I mean, to the fucking radio. He had Chad, but he sent him away. Well, Chad sucks, Chad though. Chad does fucking suck. He sucks so bad. Before he can drink back his shot, mm-hmm. Veronica's there to whack him over the fucking head. With, like, a stick or something? What does she even have? Some sort of head-striking implement. I don't It's It's... A glamourge rolling pin. <laughs> it's just like, blam, done. Cuts of black. And so after the commercial, we come back and Hiram uh, comes to. She's like, I know you are behind it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, just like my uh, guidance counselor said in high school. Quote, our sick dance of death can only end with one of us dying. Yeah, that's pretty hardcore for a high school guidance counselor. Yeah. I don't think Tony would say that to any of these kids. No. <laughs> um, and so then she talks about how her 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 quinceanera and how this was supposed to be, you know, her her, her happiest day of her life up to that point. Mm-hmm. And she overheard her dad talking about how she was a disappointment and that she wished her mother would have had a son. Yep. And how like, you know, what that does to a girl when her father's a fucking dick. <laughs> You know, has a little bit of this, like, breakdown moment, but then she's like, well, here the fuck it is. Archie dies, you die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's like, can you feel it, Daddy? Our dance of death is finally coming to an end. Again, this is the episode, this is the Veronica episode I've been waiting for for, th- for three whole seasons. Yeah. So much waffling, you know? There better not be waffling no after wa- this. How can there be waffling after this? She has threatened his death in no uncertain terms. Come on, let's go. (laughs) So Hiram Lodge spends the rest of the episode bound to a chair in his own dark, lonely office. He's never discovered because he has no friends. No friends. No one gives a shit. No compatriots. No partners. You know, and if his staff saw, they walked away. They were like, (laughs) nope, 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 nope. He does not pay me enough to untie him from this chair. So meanwhile, Jughead and Betty go to see Nana Rose. Mm -hmm. And uh, the scene starts off with, hey, Nana, we need to talk about the Mothmen. (laughs) And she loves to talk about the Mothmen. It's her favorite stories. I told you all I knew. And Betty's like, no, here's what it is, you fucking bitch. People are dying. People are being killed. Betty tries to intimidate the old sea witch. And after she goes off on this rant, she like snaps her fingers fucking at her and is like, so focus and answer our questions. Betty, she's 400 years old. You cannot threaten her with anything she hasn't already experienced. So Jughead's like, okay, gave us a corpse inside a maple barrel. Who the fuck was it? Turns out that was Cousin Timothy. Cousin Timothy. This whole Mothman plot started because Nana Blossom just likes to fuck with people for fun. This is the wildest explanation of a red herring. It's just like, ah, I'm old and bored. I'm just goofing. (laughs) And she's like, well, I came across the corpse in the woods. I decided to put it in a maple barrel. Apparently decades ago from the sound of it, right? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. So, so, but there's more to it. What? what Just did... on the off chance that she could prank someone with a dead body in a maple barrel decades in the future. I mean, I, 
here's the thing. And she hit that cold shot. Nana I'm, Rose is amazing. I'm pretty sure I said, oh, Nana Rose did this for fun. <laughs> Nana Rose has a whole collection of corpses and maple barrels. Maple barrel. Maple barrel. Maple barrel. <laughs> but here's what we find out. Is that her late husband mm-hmm. uh, made the beast with everyone? Is that what she said? Yes, yes. As yes. in the beast with two backs. Yeah. So, um... A philanderer, you might say. He was fucking with a lot of people. The help, the neighbors. Having a lot of uh, illegitimate offspring. Anyone who had a warm, wet hole. She was left to take care of it. Yeah. So she uh, found a, a barren couple in the woods... And gave the children to them. And they're like, how many? Oh, half a dozen or so. <laughs> so Penelope and Claudius's dad mm-hmm. was screwing the help, screwing everybody, fathered six or more illegitimate children, mm-hmm. who are apparently all sons. That we know of. That we know of. And, and all of them, except for poor cousin Timothy, who was born so inbred and disfigured that... that uh, his his life was was short and painful. All of them went to yes, this this family in the woods. Yes, is this a cult in the woods? Are you counting this one too? It, it's what we find out, kind of culty. Because a bit. because they assume like the mantle of the legend of the Mothman. Yeah. Why do they do this for fun? Yeah. Just just cause well, it passes the time. It could be culty. If they got followers, it would be culty. Mm, okay, That'd okay. Be th- if they wanted to expand, definitely a cult. Not quite a cult if it's just your family. Okay, you okay. Need, you need to have followers. Though, there's people who believe in the Mothman, so do they have followers? People believe in their legends that they have created to protect themselves. But like, not quite a cult yet. Like, we need to keep an eye on them. Okay, it's, okay. It could be culty. This could be developing. So this family in the woods, this barren... This, this clan of blossoms. Blossom offshoots. They did not have the name, but they are true blossoms at, yes. at, in their veins. Um, they, again, created the Mothman thing to be left alone. And Jughead's like, you know, are they still in the woods? Well, they went to the mines after that. And, and now they're by the highway. Mm-hmm. And that's when we figure out that old man Dreyfus... And she's like, oh, yes, old man Dreyfus. He's still alive. <laughs> Old Man Dreyfus is apparently the eldest of these six brothers. Yes. If this Mothman clan mm-hmm. were living in the mines for a while, mm-hmm. you know, b- before they closed down, does that mean Veronica's grandpa knew the Mothmen? Yes. Mmm. Yeah. 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 Betty and Jughead are interrupted by getting a text from Tony mm-hmm. about the mine. Um, and so we go back to the mine. Uh, and this this is where they are, you know, they don't have anyone else there. So they're just doing a little chain of moving rocks with the people that escaped the collapse. No one else is there. Yeah, yeah. Drill a hole. They're so worried about oxygen. Drill a hole. <laughs> My favorite fucking thing is inside. Archie is also... Moving rocks while saying, we're losing a lot of oxygen here, Eric. Then stop moving fucking rocks and sit down and rest and take those little shallow breaths you were fucking talking about, Archie. Let them outside who have all the oxygen do all the work. Drill a hole. Drill a hole. But before anything can really happen, the ghost of Bingo appears. Yes. And gives Archie a pep talk. 
Archie's fading fast. His he, arms are failing. He, he's he, running out of oxygen. He's like, no, Sarge, you don't quit. There's no ounce of quit in you. And then all the other ghost boys appear and they all start helping him move rocks. Yes! Because they yes. are ghosts and they don't need oxygen. <laughs> it's perfect. This is the most significant thing for this episode to work that requires the middle portion of this season. <laughs> So, so meanwhile, we, we go back to to Tony and we find out that uh, Britta's mom calls mm-hmm. because Britta has run away and her mom wants to know if, like, she's with Tony. Mm-hmm. She's, she's not. Um, and they're like, okay, well, if she was running away, then she was probably, like, going down the lonely highway. And Jughead and Betty are there, too. And they're like, well, shit, we got to get to that junkyard to, like, get the Mothman. So this is when you realize that this is the text they were responding to, and they are still unaware of the mind collapse. Yep. No one has told them that their nope. best friend is dying. None of them know. <laughs> None of these five people of Tabitha, Betty, Jughead, Fangs, and Tony know that there's a mind collapse. <laughs> Tony's like, okay, well, if you're going to go, I'm going to. Fangs, you will stay with the baby. If you die, I die. We both can't die because we have a baby. So <laughs> Fangs, you're staying with the baby. And Fangs is like, nuh-uh. You're I'm a not. mother now. You can't go on crazy raids and anymore. Like, she's like, well, you're the best dad ever. And our baby needs you. And you can take care of that baby the best. And he's like, not as good as my mom. And she's going to watch him while I come with you. Because you're not going by yourself. <laughs> We're a family. <laughs> and this is the scene between them I love. Because it's, it's bickering. It's very, it's very bickering. couple bickering. Who who has the right to go on a deadly? Ra- they all take lethal weapons. Like Tony flashes her her taser in the living room. She she bzz, bzz, that thing. Does it have a child safety lock? You have a baby now. <laughs> they grow up so fast, so fast that you need to think about baby proofing right now. I hope you were during your pregnancy. Well, that baby's going to be walking within like two episodes. Let's remember. <laughs> um, well, yeah, because the twins are going to levitate it with their <laughs> mind powers. Back over by the mine, uh, Cheryl is doing first aid on Veronica, who cut her hand. And she's like, hey, Veronica, you should go home and get some rest. And she's like, I can't. Not while Archie's in the mine. <laughs> Yeah, but she really can't do anything at this point. And she's like, you seriously, go. Don't worry. I've got serious backup, Veronica. And you know what that backup is? It's Cheryl fucking praying. Praying to to the four elements and and beseeching them. And And I I missed what the first one was. But I... Fire. It was fire. Fire. I I missed what she said, but the, the... She calls to the fire and then the cook fire behind her goes like... Eight feet high, gonna really scorch whatever's baking in that Dutch oven suspended above it, but whatever. And then she prays to the wind that uh, a breeze touches Archie's brow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She prays to the water, uh, specifically the icy water of Sweetwater River, where her brother died and she was reborn. For where my brother died, we, we recycle again the footage of Jason's headshot body, you know, drowning in, yes. under the surface. But we don't get a similar clip to, and I wish we did, Archie punching the ice oh, to save Cheryl no. in the first season finale. Yeah. So good. Um, and then she prays to the earth that it will open up mm-hmm, and allow mm-hmm. a path uh, for 
you know, Archie to come out. And the whole while, like, Frank and Kevin and them are, like, sitting by this fire, and they're like, what the fuck? It's yeah. really windy. What the hell is going on? They're all just on their meal break. They've been working nonstop, and again, there's no backup. There's no one else. So they're all just taking a break. It's Well, we, Archie and Eric maybe die. The only people working on this rescue at the moment are Cheryl and the ghosts. So, so we take a little break away from them, um, and we go uh, to Veronica, who is at home cleaning up, drawing mm-hmm. a bath, um, Rich people bathtubs look like big sinks. Yeah. Why is it's that? It's like it's like if you were a borrower <laughs> yes. in a big fancy hotel sink. Yes. Why do they do this to themselves? Seems like a lot of work to clean. Um You think the bath making people are in cahoots with like the bathroom cleaning people? They gotta watch out for each other? Though like honestly, like Thinking about it now, I kind of want one of those tubs because then I can pretend I'm like Thumbelina or something. Yeah. Thumbelina. The secret bathroom of Arietti. Exactly. Yeah. You can just like live out all your childhood dreams of being tiny and using a sewing needle as a sword. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The bath time of Despero. So so while, while she's there, she, she hears a noise. And what we see is Chad... Sneaking into the apartment with a fucking gun, because I guess he's coming to kill his wife. He's got to prove to Hiram that he's not no pussy or whatever. I don't know. Like, Hiram doesn't give a fuck about you anymore. What are no you proving? No one gives a fuck about you anymore. So, uh, Veronica goes into action mode and remembers she has a smart home. A pippy. Uh, she has a pippy. And so she asks the pippy to turn out all the lights and then pippy play Wagner and Ride of the Valkyries kicks in to cover her footsteps. And she like comes around the other end and kills her husband. As, like, the thing is, is like she's fighting in the dark and all this. And we get interrupted, though, by Smithers coming in. And Smithers is an like... armload of packages. She's been ordering a lot online. I don't know. And he's like, Miss Veronica? Pippi, turn on the lights! And then we see Veronica standing over the corpse of her husband. Ex-husband. Her ex-ex-husband. And now Smithers has to get that rug cleaned. Ugh. Uh, meanwhile, over at the mine, as, as Cheryl is continuing to pray... Mm-hmm. Archie walks out of the mine carrying Eric. Yet again. And so the question here is, did Cheryl's prayers work or did Archie's ghosts work? It takes a village. That's what they say. Is this a battle between good and evil? They called out to to five spirits, really. The spirits of air, water, fire, earth, and the restful dead. In that case, there should have been a heck of a lot more ghosts there. There's so many dead people in Riverdale. Not all of them had the benefit of General Taylor getting a slap on the wrist so, so that they could rest easy. And a lot of them don't like Archie. Yeah. So there's that. Midge ain't coming to help anybody. She she got fucked over Royal and she remembers. So uh, Veronica um, goes to see Hiram and he's all like, oh, you've come to finish the job. She's like, no, I stick to my word. Archie didn't die. And that hurts Hiram almost as much as, like, getting shot in the gut, honestly. You failed again. You literally dropped a mountain on Archie and still couldn't kill him. She says, quote, you're just this silly cartoon. (laughs) rips into him. I'm honestly hoping that there is an announcement that, like, Mark Consuelos has left as a regular character. Because he can't take the abuse? Because, well, no, because I feel like... Yeah, I know. I keep saying it week after week. I've enjoyed watching Hiram so much more lately than usual. It's time. But, like, 
what's the next step of this character? A redemption yeah. arc? That's no. not true to who Hiram is. No. And how do you make him a threat at this point? Yeah. Part of what is making him so fun to watch is that this seems like a final clear it, it really uh, does. crumbling failure. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And I really hope they stick with it. Mm, fingers crossed, please. Don't don't undercut the good part of this, please. And so in a, in the final uh push at Hiram, you know, she tells him that if uh he ever comes after her, Archie again, to quote You'll get shot, just like Chad today. Call Dr. Curdle for the details. Bye, you little bitch. <laughs> oh my god! Two out of two pussycats agree, Hiram Lodge is Ooh, a little bitch. bitch. <laughs> I think my goal is for Archie to call him a little bitch. <laughs> I think that's what I want. I want to hear Betty, because you know she, she'd really, like, stretch it out. She'd call him a little bitch. <laughs> Put like an extra syllable in there somehow. Uh, so meanwhile, our, our crew is outside the junkyard. Yeah, the strike team. Um, and they're all like having their little like, okay, this is what we're gonna do, and you're gonna go here. And Everyone, gonna show go in. your weapons. Thanks <laughs> has a sawed-off pump-action <laughs> shotgun. <laughs> Tony has um, you know, her 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 taser, her but stun she gun. Passes it off to Tabitha, and she's like, "Do you know how to use this?" And Tabitha says, "I'm from Chicago." Do you know how to use a taser? Pull the button. I mean, yeah, they're pretty intuitive. They're super easy. <laughs> it's easier to tase someone than use like a, a um, or what's it called? I was thinking the like, gun. A gun, yeah, actually, <laughs> those have bigger safeties on them, probably. <laughs> I feel like it goes against like um, uh, Mary being all like, Archie, come to Chicago. It's so much safer here. <laughs> well, seven years, you know. So okay, seven years. Okay, Thing, things have, you know, changed. And and Jughead has his switchblade, of yes, course. Yes, we've pulled that back out of retirement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so the plan is is for Jughead to to go inside and everyone else is going to scope out the property. Right. So so Jughead goes and he, you know, knocks on the door. And is like, hey, Mr. Dreyfus, I'm like back in town. Uh, can we continue our conversation about the Mothman? And he invites himself inside rather than sticking on the porch like before. Yep. And Miss Old Man Dreyfus does not like to pay his electric bill. Very dark. It's very dark in there, especially with the newspaper all over the windows. Always a great sign. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and he's also like, let me grab my moonshine. <laughs> Jughead doesn't waste any time. He's like, hey, you live alone? No family? You know, what's going on with you? And he's like, I thought we were going to discuss the Mothmen. He's like, but they are your family, aren't they? Oh, and so old man Dreyfus, man, this, I like this guest actor. Yeah. He's, he's a lot of fun. Uh, too bad he's only in the two episodes. He's like, I, we thought we, I thought we were going to have trouble with you. So uh, he invites Jughead to lay out everything he thinks he knows. And so Jughead does just that, that uh, he and all of his half-siblings uh, are the Mothmen. They've been living here. They've been grabbing people. Dreyfus uh, uh, stole the Mothman corpse yes. from Pops because he must have overheard him and Tabitha talking about it when he came to pick up his weekly pork chops. Yes, his regular Thursday night order of pork chops. We saw the receipt. You were there. <laughs> so apparently we keep receipts that long. Yeah. Um, and then also he would have picked up the brother with the swallowed tongue. And then like, you know, we all drive up and down looking for women. But then Lerman, he let go because he realized you like kidnapped the wrong person. He realized not he wasn't a, a, a blonde, blonde woman. adult woman. Yes. He's none of those three things. 
And he's like, why'd y'all do it? He's like, to survive. It's like, none of these people had much money. They had enough money. Life, uh, life ain't so expensive if you cut out the, the extravagances. Electricity. Like running water and, you know, books. And after a while, it wasn't about that. It was about the hunt. The Mothmen were tailed to keep everyone away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so while this is being said, everyone's like sneaking around outside. And Tabitha, or Tony gets to the shed. Yes. The the that looks like a spaceship inside. And Allegedly. We yes. never see the inside. Yes. And it's like, Britta, is that you? And she's in there. Yes, Miss Topaz, it's me. Um, but before anything can really happen, a hand grabs her and she screams. Yeah, so then all oh, the Mothmen oh, come well, out. Right before that, though, like right before she gets grabbed, Dreyfus is like, no one cared about all those girls. And Jughead's like, you are so wrong about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so th- this is the ideological conflict. Like, uh, uh, they, they prey on those they believe are uncared for, whereas the point that our heroes are meant to be making is that no one is uncared for. Yeah. This point is made by Jughead saying so. Yeah. All of their dedication into solving this case suggests that, but, like, it's a theme that isn't particularly underlined in any greater sense. Yeah. yeah. It's there, but it's vague, you know? It's sketchy. Yeah. Tony gets grabbed. Fangs gets his leg caught in a fucking bear trap. And Jughead and Dreyfus are having a knife fight. Yes. <laughs> um, Fangs then pulls out his shotgun on a Mothman. Yeah. And is like, again, like all these people are walking around in these big Mothman Garby outfits. And he's like, oh, your armor going to protect you from this? And they're like, no, I'm going to walk away. <laughs> and so the Mothman just, just backs away. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And uh, Tabitha is having a whole, like, wrestle match, losing her stun gun, getting it back, stunning the Mothman in the crotch. Uh, uh, Betty, is, Betty getting... is shooting at a Mothman who, who does have means... bulletproof armor. Yes. And then she's getting strangled by one, which while she's being strangled, she suddenly pictures it as the trash bag killer. Yes, yes. We need to talk about this Mothman armor, though. Yeah. Because all of them are slightly distinct because they're all patchwork made of, like, junkyard scraps. Yes. Silverish, dull, coppery, un- coppery, dull metal, basically yeah. all of them with yeah red glowing eyes made from like tail lights and shit. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's cool. really good. It's very um uh steampunky meets uh, uh Wizard of Oz Tin Man. Yeah, yes, it's very good and and very distinct from the biological Mothman we've seen in various hallucinations yes. and and nightmare scenes yes. earlier in the season. And Betty is saved by, it is Tony. Oh, yes, it is Tony. Because then, uh, you know, they're like, oh, what about Britta? We find out Britta's okay. uh, Because there is apparently one Mothman sibling that is kind. Mm -hmm. Probably the one that helped Lerman. Yeah, yes. It's, It's like a younger kid, so, which is a little weird. Yeah. Are you a sibling or are you like the offspring of one of these? Because you seem Maybe. a little young Maybe. to be like little... Nana Rose's husband's kid. He could have been philandering for a very long time. True. We don't know how long ago he died. Um, Who says he did? This is true. But he has like red um, paint on his eyes. Yes. Which is also how you know that he's the one that like protect, helped Lerman escape. Because Lerman mentions, like, oh, they have, like, red eyes, or at least it appears like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe it's just spots on their face. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. But, like, I can imagine 
if there is an existing cryptid uh, uh, legend, that seeing these suits going around at night would fuel that. Oh, yeah. Like, how how many different kind of monsters do people imagine when they see a sandhill crane? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very true. I mean, they're kind of terrifying costumes as it they're is, good. even in they're light. They're good like, costumes. They're really good. Like, be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Let alone middle of the highway, in the dead of night, or mm-hmm, in the woods, mm-hmm. or in a mine. So, yeah, our, our strike team is overcoming one by one. They're getting their victories. Betty stomps on one of their faces, and Wait. it makes this gross, well, wet, squelching noise. That's the one that jug... That's Dreyfus. Cause, that's right. Because they go in, they're like, oh, no, Jughead. And Jughead is... Was, you know, wrestling with Dreyfus and he has him like pinned because apparently Dreyfus was like trying to swallow his own tongue because that's like a thing in this family. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that's when Betty like stomps his head and because of the squishy, I really thought he was dead. I really thought she just smushed his brains out. Yeah, he's. it sounds like he's missing a good portion of his cranium. But he's fine. Then we kind of wrap up this episode checking in on everyone. Fangs and Tony at home. In a reversal of their their previous scene, because now it is Tony caring for Fangs' foot. Yeah. That's been bandaged after the the whole bear trap incident. He still has a foot, so that's good. (laughs) They have a little moment, you know, like, Tony, can we do this? Do we all of this? Mm -hmm. Basically raise a child and and do well, etc. And she's like, yeah, we got this. That kid sleeps pretty good for his age. Right. Veronica and Archie are enjoying that tub. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very big sink. It's a sink for two. She's like, not even the earth swallowing you whole could keep us from this. Sexy time in a bubble bath. And now she's going to swallow him whole. <laughs> like that scene in American Gods. <laughs> Hiram burns a picture of Hermione and Veronica. I guess they're dead to him. And again, all alone with the lights out, like it's this tough guy ritual just to fill the sad, lonely, empty space of his life. Yep. He doesn't even have a henchman to gloat to. No, he doesn't even have a Smithers. He lost Smithers. (laughs) Smithers was never his. Uh, And then um, Betty is with Dreyfus and she's like, you know, the FBI's coming to get you. Before they do, I want to know where my sister is. And this is in some sort of like formal office. It's not just, you know, someone's bedroom like usual. This is an actual interrogation room. I'm going with it's um, the FBI training center at the high school that was abandoned. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Dreyfus is like, she's in my, she's in the junkyard. Betty, take the bomb squad. Do not trust him. But, but no, we get a silent scene to, to close on with Betty and Alice walking through the junkyard to this one car that was indicated by by old man Dreyfus's map. And inside the trunk, they open it and uh, sort of Pulp Fiction style, the camera sits in the trunk to look up at their reactions. Yeah. We don't see, but it must be horrifying for the the disgust and despair, the, the weeping and the retching uh, uh, on very, their faces. It's incredibly sad. Incredibly so now we know Polly's ultimate fate. Really didn't think she was going to be dead. No, no. But we saved Britta. We saved Britta. Which means the Bulldogs have a shot next season. <laughs> Archie ever gets back to coaching football <laughs> and stop working in a fucking mine. The next time Archie plays football, something's going to happen that nearly everyone will die, and he has to carry Britta out, and she's the only survivor. Gas leak. 
gas leak. Whole town explodes. Oh, that's what it... Hiram's gonna gas the town. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm gonna have to, like, try to escape. And all of Riverdale will blow up. Gatekeep, gas town girl boss. That's Hiram Lodge. <laughs> and that is the end of this episode. That's it, darling. What did you think of chapter 93, Dance of Death? I like this episode. All-timer, 10 out of 10. It was so good. So many areas. All the stuff with Hiram and Veronica, so good. We got every character. Mm-hmm, every mm-hmm. character had moments. They had, they had moments, moments and things to do and, and motivations. And like check-ins of little developments. Mm-hmm. Like So much of this episode was, is responding to stuff we said on this show. Like I think the cult stuff was honestly still a little light. Yes. But you know what? They only got 45 minutes and they spent it on some other really good shit. I, I liked that we, we're getting there, though. I feel like yeah. we are building they're, up. They're asking the questions, thank God. Yes. 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 And we're getting some wild-ass answers. Cheryl definitely thinks she just performed a fucking miracle. And is she wrong? Could be the ghosts. <laughs> I don't know. My prediction. I guess we're I guess we're in predictions already. I mean, okay. Not, not like officially, but this one's going in the predictions. The, the final episode of the season. Mm-hmm. Two weeks from today. Is going to be Cheryl rising to power mm-hmm. and Archie calling on his ghosts to <laughs> defeat her. I can, I can honestly see this show taking a wild supernatural turn that we've been waiting for since episode two. Uh-huh. Hiram is gone as, as a power block. And, and him, like, standing in for all the, the gangster business and the crime. And now, yeah, it is a metaphysical battle for the soul of Riverdale. And, and you know, this perversion of nature's will that, that is Cheryl. And, or maybe, is she speaking to all of the Earth or just the twisted, tainted Earth of Riverdale? This could be what season six is. Okay, two thoughts here. Archie's finally going to be reunited with that fucking deer. Yeah, That mystical deer. The mystical deer. And Cheryl is also going to turn away from her palladium mining because of her spiritual beliefs and, like, Mother Nature and how, like, mining goes against that. That's another one of my predictions I wrote down again, dear. (laughs) Here it is in my words, quote, Cheryl must choose between the powers of the elements and the riches of palladium. Mother Gaia does not want her treasures disturbed. So it's got to happen. We're we on both, a wave we, we are. We are. Yeah. I'm sorry I jumped into predictions. It just seemed like the natural thing is I had to say those things. So yeah, let, let's rewind a bit then. But like Veronica MVP, right? Yeah. Right? Yes. You tell your dad where to fucking go. Also like, chat. Oh, fuck chat. Yes. Everything with chat. Thank you for recognizing the chat. MKP, most killable player. <laughs> My favorite scene in all of Riverdale, maybe Chad trying to shoot Archie. (laughs) (laughs) And getting it wrong eight different ways (laughs) in four seconds. It was so fast and so many things happened. It was nice to have like a Jughead, Betty, Tabitha team up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, this whole like, it's like old times, but it's different, but it's a good different. Right. Like, we've we've moved on. We've grown. We've accepted. Like, this is good. Jughead didn't do much, but what he did do is immediately piece together the whole mystery as soon as it was put in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's incredible. That's that's a great Jughead moment, even if it's not really a Jughead episode. Well, I, I think that's a good way to, like, you know, they finally had this team up, and it's like, we've been stuck on this for so long. Why can't we break it? 
we have to bring the mystery twins back together. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they work off each other. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. He sees things she doesn't see. She think, sees things he doesn't see. She can make Nana talk, damn it. She can make <laughs> Nana talk. Jughead has the questions to ask. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, like... The idea that this whole decades-long uh, uh, murder spree just filling the swamp with corpses neck high is has been enabled by Nana Blossom just fucking with people for <laughs> jokes kills me. I love it. Hiram has always, I think, always worked when he's powerful and in control and intimidating. But Hiram, when he loses, often doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I think this week... I'm going to make this point again, really found a way for for Hiram to be interesting, to be compelling as a loser. Yeah. And it's by showing that he's in denial. Yeah. All the signs are there. He he is actively hiding from how much of a loser he is in this moment. Yes. And that's great. That is great television. This is just one of those ones that feels good, Mm -hmm. feels right. I mean, it doesn't feel good because it ends sad, but like... it, It ends pretty sad. It ends pretty sad. Yeah. We'll miss you, Tier of Scovebuy. You were a core of the show in much the same way as Sweet Pea. Always nice to have you, and then long gaps where we didn't. Sweet Pea. Well, at least I know he's having fun on a bus with Voodoo. That's true. That's true. So let's get to predictions formally, as you put it. Okay. Well, I've already said two of mine. Yeah. That, you know, battle between Cheryl and Archie and their superpowers. Yes. And that Cheryl will have to choose between... Mother Nature and mining for palladium. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Smithers is going to turn Veronica into the police for her own good. Oh. I, I think I think Smithers thinks Veronica murdered Chad in cold blood. He, and he's going to do like a scared straight thing. Like, I, I can't let you turn into your father, young lady. I'm, I'm doing this for, oh. for your benefit. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Veronica can't have anything good. <laughs> Clearly, the trash bag killer plot is being kicked along to the next season. Yep. And I think things are going to open up when uh, Betty discovers that he's directly inspired by the case file on Hal Cooper, the Black Hood. Yeah. And that's going to be a major clue that points her toward it being Glenn all along. Yeah, I was going to say, we yeah. totally are still on board it's with still Glenn. him, right? Yeah. Like, it is. We know. We all feel good about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we're not going to solve that mystery in two episodes. Well, then, once again, let's talk about what we do know. Next week's episode is Chapter 94, Next to Normal. Again, as mentioned last week, this is named after the 2008 off-Broadway show Next to Normal, which came to the Broadway stage in 2009 and cleaned up uh, in acclaim in the 2010 awards season. Mm -hmm. Did not win Best Musical. It's one of the few musicals to win the Pulitzer for drama, but not the Tony for Best Musical. Sunday in the Park with George is the same way, dear. That's nice. (laughs) Here's the thing with this. Mm -hmm. Everyone's convinced that this is our musical episode. Yes. The trailer shows us nothing about a musical. No singing whatsoever. We do see a fake Polly. Oh, what's that we said? Sing goodbye to Tierra Scoveby? Not yet. Not yet. Um, and is it, she fake? Is she a memory? Is, is she a hallucination? Is she a, is she a dream? I don't know, but maybe this is Alice's psychotic break mm-hmm. that goes along with the next to normal musical. Yeah, very probably. That's that's almost certainly what it yep. is. Uh, Jughead is being pressured into being Tabitha's fake boyfriend with her dad. 
And her mom. And her, her yeah, parents. Her parents are in town and they yeah. want her to be dating a boy. Yeah. Why, why do they want this sitcom-ass situation? I guess because they're like, Riverdale's unsafe. Oh, she, she needs a boy? Here's my thought. Like, what I really want to know, though, is I want to know which one of them is Pop Tate's child. I would assume it's the dad because the surname has passed to Tabitha. Hey, it could still happen without. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it could. could have taken mom's name. It could have been hyphenated. That's... It could have, like... I would love that, actually. Like, he changed his name to Tate because of the important legacy of Pop's Chocolate Shop. Yeah. He took that as his name. Yeah. Yes. It worked for Gendo Akari, in the TV continuity, at least. Uh, we also know that uh, Veronica asked Archie about if they should move in together. Oh. Um, Betty and Kevin share a hug. Mm-hmm. And Alice accuses Betty of being the reason Polly's dead. It's more of a screaming in the face than You're just a, the reason! And th- than a regular old accusation, but that's what happens. Yeah. That's the next episode. That's the next episode. That's the next episode. Before our big, highly promoted, highly anticipated uh, uh, musical episodes, we usually talk a little bit more about the show. This one, I think, is going to be different. I don't expect them to say fill the whole show with music no. from that show I, at I, least not with that that trailer it suggests that we're gonna have an a b and c plot and yeah. uh, uh only one of them would have music uh anything to do with alice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some songs you might want to uh, uh anticipate my psychopharmacologist and i oh what that's about pretty self-explanatory from the title he's not here which is the song where uh, uh, the father of the family reminds the mother that their son is dead and she is hallucinating. Oh, Al- uh, Betty's totally singing that to Alice. Could be, could be. Uh, you Don't Know, the song where the mother... Uh, I, God, this is a heartbreaking song. Anything you've seen that deals with mental illness and, and the sufferers, like, hey, it's not like this is easy on me either. It's that, but a full song. Mm. Like... With lines like, are you are you ever uh, uh, jealous of the dead? <laughs> Ooh. It's fucking heavy. I Am The One, another really notable song that follows immediately after, where, where uh, the father then responds, Hey, I know, but can you also recognize that I am suffering, supporting you through all of this. I am the one who does this, who does this, who does this. That's where the title comes from. I'm Alive, the, the big show-stopping act one number from The Ghost Son. <laughs> insisting that I'm not a delusion, I'm alive as hell. Trust your eyes and ears, I'm fucking alive. This show is full of many, many songs. It is not sung through, but it's close. Like, there's a lot of songs that are like 90 seconds or less that can be slotted in a lot of different ways. But those those are some of the uh, ones that I think are most likely to be in there. Unless Alice goes through electroconvulsive therapy, and then there are some very specific ones. Is there a Sisters of Quiet Mercy for adults? <laughs> Maybe Cheryl's going to give her lightning therapy with her fingers. Ooh, magic she's fingers! Channeling the energy. Maybe, 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 maybe the number where the the mother leaves the family after all of their trials, and he's like, oh. "Oh, this family fucking sucks, actually," and maybe we're all better off not trying to maintain uh, this this facade. Gonna get a divorce, and I'm just gonna leave. That's the happy ending. She can't get a divorce. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually a lot easier in Alice's case. So is that how Cheryl's gonna get the twins? 
Ooh, if Alice skips town, Cheryl could go for custody because, like, yeah, the mother, unfortunately deceased, mm -hmm. grandmother, guardian, mm -hmm. skipping town. And, you know, aunt wanted by a serial killer that the FBI's after. Yeah, I don't think Betty is exactly capable of raising twins right now. No. Cheryl either, but Cheryl would fight for them. Well, Cheryl has a support network, as yeah. fucked up as it is. She has a much higher income. They're going through fortunes every month. There, there's a new one, and then it's gone again. It's true. That's, that's all we have for you tonight. Today. This week, even. This week. So if uh, you've enjoyed our episode, you could totally leave us like a rating and review wherever you listen to us. Mm -hmm. You can also tell a friend. Mm -hmm. You can also follow us on social media at sex underscore Archie. That's on Twitter, where the tweets go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we are rapidly approaching the end of the season. I Like I said at the top, this is bound to be our big explosive action climax where a lot of the, the uh. long-running plots are closed. I can't imagine what's going to top a mind collapse, uh, uncovering the mystery of the Mothmen, and killing Chad dead. I told you, Cheryl with her mother nature powers. Mm-hmm. Fighting the good boy ghosts. And all of the spiritual, supernatural shit that's happened over the past five seasons mm -hmm. of the wolf boys and the deer and all that shit coming to happen. And it turns out that this is all the long con. Nana Rose has been pulling the strings for her ultimate victory. Yes. And uh, now Nana ooh, Rose is played ooh. by Madeline Petch. Ooh, ooh. Okay, so here's the thing. So, like, they're going to be in this, like, you know, oh, I'm going to take you down. You know, who's going to win? Cheryl has stolen the babies by then, and they're, like, floating by her. It's yes. very, like, <laughs> we're all floating in midair, approaching, like, Archie and his ghosts. They're floating around her like options in Gradius. And she's like, twins, go to, like, kill him or whatever. But instead of flying towards Archie, they fly to the side, and there we see Nana Rose also floating. And she's like, haha, my plan! Her wheelchair is floating with her. And, and like, this was all her plan all along, and she takes over, and she, like, sucks the power of life from them. I don't know. But I, I want Nana Rose to fly with the twins. Of course, of this course. This is what I want. She deserves to have fun. Yeah. We were in the middle of signing out, I think. We were, we were. So with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant, and from us here at Sex Archie... You dropped the gun, idiot! Perfectly happy with you. Drop the gun, idiot. I feel like we should do that one because Chad is just such like a. I'm so glad he's dead. I wish he could die again. Well, until she said Doctor Colonel had him, I wasn't sure he was actually dead. <laughs> I was like, well, he could make it out of that. This is a lot of blood from his throat. Yeah, he might make it. Two shots in the struggle. Then you know, uh, Smithers walks in, and then uh, uh, Veronica goes, "Shh, blam, 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 blam." <laughs> Yeah. 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 Self-defense. <laughs>